it doesn't look like Instagram wants to go. Hey. And this is why we're doing test runs. Yes, this is test run, test run, test run. We are live right now on the YouTube. Looks like we're live on the Instagram. And I don't know about the Facebook. Uh, we faces. are live on Facebook. We are? We are. I, I got it on my phone right here checking. Now I was checking this other monitor here. There we are. Welcome, everybody. This is still No Driving Gloves, testing out everything we can here. We're testing, testing our return to the live stream world. Yes, let me do this, and then I won't have to bounce my head all over the world. Let me bring this window over here. Then I got us, I got Facebook, I got YouTube, and I got Instagram. So, Derek, what's happening in the wonderful world of cars this evening? Uh, which which wonderful world of cars, John? There's there's a lot of them. There's <laughs> modern automotive industry. There's the collector car world. There's uh, the, huh. the car world of people driving to and from places. I don't know. What's the big one that sticks out to you right now? Well, right. We don't want to get into that because that could be a show topic. <laughs> one that's sticking out to me right now is obviously what we've talked about on the show before and normally as we've said in the past we're slightly ahead of the curve sometimes uh, but the uh, a lot of the auto industry stepping back from the ev world and and starting to mention that h word uh, hydrogen hey so i'm 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 intrigued by this and i'm i'm trying to read as much as possible it's going to be an interesting transformation to get into the wonderful world of hydrogen. You know, what about the infrastructure there? Do we need to build out the infrastructure or do we just go ahead and do hydrogen vehicles without the infrastructure? Again, John, show topic, show topic for another <laughs> night. That's 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 some good material you're getting into. We don't want to ruin that for another show. We just have to remember we do not want to put it inside of a giant bag that has a flammable covering and try to fly through the air as long as but we there's, as long as we don't try that again but they're such wonderful quiet gorgeous looking vehicles when they float through the air with the greatest of ease yeah, i'm not denying that i'm just saying it was much smarter to switch over to other lighter than air gases you got me thinking about personal transportation blimps. We all know Goodyear has their couple of blimps, but wasn't yeah, there like they're, a James they're, Bond? They're no, longer, they're no longer blimps. They're Zeppelins now. But wasn't there a James Bond or where one of the evil doers in the uh, movie had his own private blimp? Oh, uh, I'm there was sure there was. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Bond guy. I'm not. The Bond franchise never really stuck with me, so. I actually have to be in the mood to watch uh, James Bond. Tried to watch it last night. Maybe it was Skyfall or something. I was in the hotel and ended up resorting to Dolly Parton and pets. And then I went on to something else. can't remember what. Pre-show topic probably dis discovered why I don't remember what I was watching last night. Exactly. So, so now that we've now that we've drifted uh, like that drifted into the aviation sector, let's bring it back to the world of cars and what's uh, what's going on in your car world, John? Oh, not much. Got to buy more brakes. Put brakes on the Mini about two months ago. Put in brakes on the Ford tomorrow, probably. 
I was going to say, if you say that you got to get them for the mini again, I'm going to ask what you guys have been doing to the mini. No, nope, this one's this one's with the Ford, and there there's still a little bit of room, but I have this paranoia. Spent the last four days in Tennessee. And the last thing I want to do is all of a sudden be in the middle of Tennessee and hit the brakes. And all of a sudden I get that little bit of grinding because brakes don't squeak anymore. They go from stopping to pulsating to grinding. Grinding, yeah. And like I said, I just don't want to be in the middle of Tennessee and have to figure out, oh, who in this town can do brakes for me now? Nobody does anything now anymore. I And that leads into... Well, this is this is the problem, though, John. This is the problem with you now breaking your addiction of buying a, a new car so so often, as often as you used to. You now actually have to change the tires and the brakes and, and perform oil changes and things like that on the car. It's not just every time you get to one of those milestones, you buy a new car. So now, you, now you've got to come into the world of actually maintaining the modern vehicle. I just put tires on the ford three four weeks ago it's might be well i think i did a set on the mini so that was probably be the third set of tires i bought for a vehicle in my life i've done brakes before so but that some of that's the nature of my driving style you're right if it wasn't for the uh, girlfriend the mini would be long gone uh, i did say to her a few weeks ago that the ford it's it's beginning to get a few little rattles and stuff that I don't like. It might be time to get something else to replace the old Ford, like a Boxster. There you go. That's, that seems like a good work car, drive around, especially getting into the summer. And I do the Natchez Trace sometimes, and I can't remember what parkway or I was on in Nash- or, uh, Tennessee yesterday. Nice, long 60 miles of Two lane, no cars, all trees, occasional trailer park. Got to watch out for those. They can be dangerous and just come out of nowhere. So just just typical stuff for me. But what's really going on in my car car world. And we had a we had a show recently where we discussed things that irritate us when driving. People driving a little bit slow in front of you. People driving with their brights on. This isn't the same show. Frankly, today I'm a little bit, I guess, pissed perturbed. is the word. I was just say perturbed, but no, no, perturbed is not strong enough. You, you need to use a word that these stupid freaking morons would understand. And I think I've went back and relived today, and I had the opportunity to total my car six times. Five times guaranteed, possibly six times because of stupid drivers. And this is outside of the parking lot. Guy buzzing down at 60 miles an hour through the parking lot and you almost back into him is one thing. But it, it just capped off today. I'm about two miles from the house, maybe even a mile. And I'm on this it's Highway 280 in Birmingham. And it's three lanes center turn lane, usually some sort of median, and three more lanes. And somebody from, and I'm in the left lane of my three lanes, somebody from the right lane in a Ford Focus station wagon pulling an enclosed trailer that is as big as the damn car, or bigger actually, 
decided to turn left into Chipotle. I don't know. And I know he didn't signal, but he just turned. The guy next to me slammed on his brakes. I slammed on my brakes. Nobody was in the turn lane. And needless to say, one guy swerved into the median of of the oncoming traffic. This guy just turned in front of, across seven lanes of traffic in a car that shouldn't have been towing the damn trailer in the first place with total disregard to the world. And I am... Stop the world. I'm going to get off now. It's just, and I had a good day. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I said, this is our podcast. This is my show, your show. We discuss topics, but I'm just so, it's taking all the fun out of cars. You go into the cigar shop, you sit down and somebody's got to, to me, turn up the volume on a damn sporting show show i don't go there that doesn't relax me i go there to relax it's the same thing driving i relax a lot when i drive and just what was the guy what was i doing the guy honked at me because he was behind me i think because i was slowing down quickly because the guy in front of me decided to turn right with no signal with nothing it was just one of those Slam on the brakes. So I slam on the brakes and then I get honked at for slamming on my brakes. It just fed up with it. How do we make people learn to drive? Do we get all of our fans to just slap people? Do we get that'd be, little... that'd be a that'd be a lot of work for like ten fans that we have? <laughs> it's just I've got all this stuff here. Do I make these vinyl stickers that say I am stupid and then just stick it on people's cars? <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that... Do you have these instances? Or is it just because I drive so much? I can't remember. I probably drove over the last four days, I would say, seven or 800 miles. So, say, I I drive a lot more than most people. Let's think about this, John. I have the pleasure of about a 45-minute commute. Most most mornings, 45, 50 minutes, depending on what time I leave my house in the morning to commute into and through from the north side to the south side of Nashville, Tennessee, which recently got rated as one of the worst cities to commute in in the United States. So when you ask, do I have these experiences? What do you think the answer to that is? No, exactly. No, it's it's a peaceful drive every morning. Scoot in. Nobody's in my way. Nobody does anything dumb. It's perfect. It's, it's the most. Well, you said it was one of I the worst have. commutes. It, it wasn't one of the worst commutes with the worst drivers. They all could be very pleasant drivers. They could just be a lot of them. Oh, yes. People in Nashville are just the friendliest people. Yes, they're especially when they're in their cars driving. Uh, absolutely horrific. And like you said, I don't know what we we need to do to I don't think there is any changing the driving situation in this country because we have lacked so badly at having an appropriate driver's training program in the United States for so long. Uh, And for any of our longtime listeners, very early on in the show, again, I John has all the show 
numbers and can reference back. But we did an interview. I sat down with a race car driver, a Corvette racing team driver, Andy Pilgrim, and talked to him about a program he does with his foundation now and talked a bit about how, uh, you know, how we can get back to having safe drivers in this country, because uh, let me tell you the stats that he will share are staggering, but the problem is we have to remember as, especially as parents that are driving, our kids see what we do and that continues on. It's a generational thing. So if we're going to start to break any of these habits, number one, any of us that have kids have to drive appropriately and show our kids how to do it. But we also have to get a better driver's driver's training program in this country. It's one of the, well, it's probably not the worst in the world. I mean, I just think they throw people in cars and let them go, but something's got to change. I agree with that, John. I mean, every, I mean, there is probably the opportunity for me to get into an accident that is not my fault that would total my car at least on a good week maybe you know three times a week on the high end 10 people are just that bad at driving and i've always i mean probably go back 10 20 years i've always advocated for the $10,000 a year driver's license. And that if you want to drive, it costs you 10 grand a year. Now you whoa, get whoa, credits. Whoa, whoa. But can't afford that. Yeah, you can. Oh, you're going to go into how I can afford it now? Yeah. And, well, I've had one accident since I moved to Birmingham 15 years ago. And it wasn't my fault, but that doesn't matter in my driver's license scheme. And we'll just make it very simple. We'll say your driver's license costs you $5,200 a year. If you go a week without an accident, any sort of violation, you get a $100 credit. So if you drive the whole year without any incidents, no tickets, no accidents, nothing, your $5,200 is waived. So I don't care how much money you make. I don't care if you're unemployed. You don't get any sort of aid, whatever. You could still afford it if you paid attention and drove. But if you had an instance, you lose that $100 credit that week. You have three or four. I know people, one of my ex-girlfriends, her, her sister had seven car accidents in one month. So now she's probably $800 that year, at least, into her driver's license. I fully, fully 100% believe every accident is avoidable. Okay, 98% of accidents are avoidable if everybody's paying attention. But the world seems to have adopted, I can do whatever I want and you need to react to my actions. So if I decide to turn left from the right lane across seven lanes of traffic, everybody else needs to forgive me and react so that I can safely do that. And I'm tired of that attitude. And unless we put serious financial obstacles in the way of people, we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, these cars now with thick A-pillars that you can't see around, rollover protection 
airbags that'll come out every single direction except up your butt. You know, maybe they will. I don't know. I haven't crashed a car and deployed airbags. But you get knee airbags, steering wheel airbags, overhead airbags, side airbags, everything. I mean, just basically a cocoon to keep you safe. And do you know what? Traffic fatalities haven't changed. The same number of people, you know, more miles. Okay. Same number of people die. And my belief is that's because at this time, the numbers started to come down and we started to introduce these safer cars and seatbelt laws. The cell phones started to rise. And now we have all these distracted drivers. So all these safety things have done is kept us alive because of this other piece of technology that wants to kill us. And if if we don't put better driver's training in place, and how do you pay for it? With these higher driver's license fees. You need to make people realize driving is a privilege and it is a responsibility. If you're a gun owner, you pay, pay for licenses, etc., you go through firearm training, hopefully. You know, responsible people do. If it's just, I'm just, I can't take it anymore. I'm not no, very coherent in this episode because it, I'm just, I mean. John, you're fuming. <laughs> yes. And but I'm, you're, <laughs> you're right. And and I, I think you've briefly mentioned that idea on the show before. And I forgot it. When you started talking about it, I I think we have touched on the idea of that because I threw out an idea I've had for a long time, uh, many, many shows ago, which is, I still believe that if you cause an accident, if you are the person found to have caused the accident, especially on the interstate highway system, you are fined for the number of emergency vehicles that come out. There's, there would actually be like a, a, a fee schedule for this, right? You know, you're responsible for the financial implications of bringing that equipment out, how much has to come out. But then also, if the interstate highway has to be shut down, you know, either one lane shut down, two lanes, the whole highway shut down, whatever it is, there's also fees associated with that, whether it's, you know, you know, half hour, however, you know, would structure that. I strongly feel that that it, it's kind of route of what you're going, which is either be a responsible driver or pay for your foolish actions. And I think that is a way. And, and I agree with you that this is one of the ways we are going to or, you know, one of the only ways we're going to get people to think about safe driving again. It's unfortunate it has to come down to the pocketbook. And I do realize there are a lot of drivers out there without driver's licenses. And if we go into this fee structure, there'll be more of them. But the instant thing is, if you are caught driving without a driver's license, you go to jail. You go directly to jail. You do not pass go. You do not collect $200. If your driver's license is at home, Somebody needs to bring it to you and then you can pay your thousand dollar bail and hey, here's your driver's license. I don't know, honestly, what the law is in Alabama, but the law in Illinois requires you to carry an ID, whether it's a state issue, a state issued ID as an adult. So you either have an ID card or you have your driver's license. If you don't have it, you go to jail. Somebody comes and proves who you are. 
know, are, and I'm going to use, I, I, I'm going to be all politically incorrect. If you are an illegal alien, same thing applies. You go to jail. Nobody can obviously bring your driver's license. We can't prove you belong here. Go home. And then you can come, you know, easy to cross. So we'll send you back and then you, you know, you can be back at work. But I'm just, you know, wonderful. And there's other states like this. It's no fault. So if I crash into you, Derek, we each pay for our own damage. So big deal if I hit you, you know, inconvenience, you know. You're out money financially. So why shouldn't the person who creates the issue be out financially also? And the wonderful state of California, do you love this new thing that's being proposed? Have you even heard about this GPS thing? You throw these things out, John, without any <laughs> any forewarning. Do you know how many things California is putting out right now? You're just like, what do you think of this new thing California is doing? Like, I, they well, do. Well, that's why I, I qualified it with the with the gps i am unaware of the gps california situation they have proposed that in three years all vehicles would have their um gps into the vehicle and it would be tracked and if your vehicle uh exceeds the speed limit basically it caps you if you're on yes. a road that the gps says is 70 if you approach like 75 miles an hour, it starts to slow you down. You cannot I, I did speak. briefly hear about this. Yes. Yeah. And within three years, they want this. Now, I travel a lot of places and my GPS is fairly accurate on my phone. But sometimes it does have me on the side road, a little country frontage road and not the interstate. You know, the interstate and it's 70. And the speed limit on this frontage road is 25. So my GPS says I'm on this frontage road. So California says he only should be able to go 27 miles an hour. Where the guy behind me, his GPS says, guess what? He's on the damn interstate. He can go 70. Yeah, that's work out really well. I mean, to the point that the GPS is correct. And then there's some points that we all know of, of you know, of that that sometimes you do need to accelerate above the speed limit or have that ability to accelerate out of a situation. Not everything can be solved by stopping. As Jeremy Clarkson famously has said, it's not the speeding that kills you. It's that sudden stop. Mm. And there, there's our issue. It, we can't rely on technology. We can't, I mean, people quite often, I've heard lots of stories about how great self-driving is. And I've heard lots of stories about how bad self-driving is. First-hand accounts, not what the news has told me and not what the radio says, but first-hand accounts, how how much you really do still have to pay attention when you're with your self-driving car. It's not Knight Rider. Remember, Knight Rider was also indestructible. So even if Kit made a mistake, <laughs> he wasn't going to be damaged. Building night be. industries. We we need to get night industries going. That's no one ever did it. That's the shame. Night industries three thousand now. Yes. No. It's it's that's just absurd. And and I really hope it doesn't happen because that's going to be an absolute nightmare. I mean, development behind that I can only imagine has to be insane. And 
like you said, John, there are so many times where GPS currently does not know exactly where you are. It's close, but it's not exact, especially if there's, I mean, there's a lot of new roads being built in this country, new highways being still being constructed. And I know I've been driving across country and my GPS all sun's freaking out because unbeknownst to me, I'm now going down some brand new stretch of interstate that may have been open for four or six months and the GPS hasn't updated. And all of a sudden I'm driving through the middle of the green field that's on the screen and GPS is going, you're not on a road. What are you doing? Yeah. What happens then? I, you know, car down. Cause they think you're on, uh, you know, supposed to be, they send emergency vehicles out and try to find you like what, uh, you know, some very, very silly things going on. And again, it, it all goes back to John. You talked about cars being, you know, becoming bigger, all these, all these safety features that are going to encapsulate us in a vehicle and self-driving and all those things, you know, people speculate that that is all moving towards the pod mentality of transportation where we just get in a vehicle and it takes us places we don't drive anymore and i can see where this ties in all of a sudden now okay we're out how to use gps to make sure that the vehicles that we're using are going the speed limit in the area and eventually we can develop that into reading multiple gps units that are all within a certain proximity of each other to make sure vehicles are John, if one's slowing down, the other one's not going to hit it. It's a uh, scary proposition. It's just, like I said, sorry, was that was that a little too like tinfoil, like speculation? My part, I don't know. Well, I think your tinfoil speculation is a lot of what's going on. Let's use technology to make us safer. But what I just, you know, kind of, and I was alluding to the airbags, etc. Technology hasn't made us safer. It's kept the status quo because more we, we, the more we make these vehicles safe and we, as we've discussed on episodes before, and we take the driver out of the equation, they make it more dangerous. You know, until our on the road is that self-driving pod and everything is interconnected and the, every vehicle is talking to every vehicle it will never be an ideal situation. It'll be scary. It'll be, you know, we were better when we had, to me, less computers and safety because we did pay attention. Yeah, we died, but we died just as often as we do now. And as I said earlier, and what was said to me earlier tonight, I'm driving. I don't care. It's your job. It's your job to watch out for me. And I'll be honest, it's crossed my mind one or two times this week. If it wasn't going to be such a big freaking inconvenience for me to wreck my car, I wouldn't have got it. Wouldn't have got out of the way. I wouldn't have avoided it. I would have let you been at fault and take out my vehicle. But I don't want to give up, you know, my life dealing with the body shop. I don't want to deal with having to get a rental car at three in the afternoon in BFE Nashville. I don't want to have to return the rental car to BFE Nashville or it's just, you know, 
drive and exist and let insurance handle everything. And that's a whole nother gambit. Have we seen what insurance rates? Well, and you <laughs> mentioned, you even mentioned earlier that there are people that don't have driver license, driver's licenses out there driving. There's even more people out there driving that don't have insurance. They'll have their driver's license, but they don't have insurance. And even in the, you know, some, I know in Tennessee, it was a big thing during, and, and here in Kentucky, I think most states did it. Uh, there were a few that didn't, but they kind of relaxed the um, penalties on registration during COVID, you know, because offices were closed, you know, only so many people could go in at a time. So, you know, giving leeway, but I drive around Nashville and sit at a stoplight and look around. I've seen license plates that have people have not registered their vehicle in Nashville since 2020. I saw plates with 2020 stickers still on them going on four years of not registering their vehicle, taking advantage of these lax laws, which are over now. Right. I mean, they pulled those all back and, but here's the other thing. So you're driving around with no, registration no insurance you might have a driver's license but the other thing in these big cities especially is that we have a shortage of police in a lot of these cities nashville is one of those so they don't even have the manpower of the police department to make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do while they're driving so i mean it, 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 to me it's a perfect storm we have the inability to check if people are a, a wow obeying the law there's the word i was looking for and we're putting vehicles in people's hands that haven't even been taught how to drive them they don't know the rules of the road i mean i mean together this is it, it's turning into a free-for-all in most of the big cities of just well yeah, here you go have a car you got money give me give me money i'll give you a car i don't care whether you have a driver's license or anything i mean it, a lot of these buy here, pay here lots. I don't even know if you have to prove if you have insurance when you go buy from them. I've never bought from one, so I don't know what it's like, but it's kind of scary. I mean, this is, these are the major factors that are showing up when we go drive around. And I mean, earlier you, you at the beginning of the show, you were talking about, you know, driving around big cities. This is when it's at, you know, the near accident you talked about was in Birmingham. But then you were talking about driving the Natchez Trace and the other parkway you were on in, in Tennessee and how kind of peaceful that was because there's not a mass population of people that are now out trying to drive. You're in a rural setting. There's only a handful of people and you have less instances of a, a possible opportunity for a collision. So you, a lot of people might wonder why I live out in the middle of nowhere. That's a big factor. I don't have a lot of cars that I drive when I go drive into the small town I live by or anything like that. But when I have to commute to work every day, Monday through Friday, it's quite a nightmare. You know, you about driving the Nashville Trace and these parkways and that. And police. One of the big things, you know, people always warn me when I'm talking to people in the stores that I'm auditing or other people that are that travel a lot doing similar jobs to what I do 
Hashtag Chase, don't you dare speed. It says 50, you better not be going 52 because they enforce the law and they have the people to do it. You talk about not the police departments not having the money to enforce and pay attention to license plates, et cetera. Again, $5,200 a year, $10,000 a year, even $1,000 a year for a driver's license. A lot of money would start coming in. That money can also go to fund the police and maybe just the traffic divisions of the police. I've got thinking you were you were talking Nashville. Last time I drove through Nashville less than two months ago, it was right after Christmas. And I got caught up coming into the south side of Nashville on I-65. 45 minute hour long delay because of an instance. And when I got to the instance, I go, you know, it was okay that I lost an hour of my life, but I lost an hour of my life because somebody in a Civic was probably trying to save 33 seconds getting somewhere and had plowed into the one of these um, Jersey walls and the roof of the car was cut off and they don't have to worry about being late for anything ever again. And I go, you know, now we're, but we, these people lost their lives. And I was coming down 459 here, uh, coming from Tuscaloosa a week, week and a half ago. And I saw this Nissan Sentra up in the trees. And then I eventually read the police report and it was racing with two other cars and exited the, got touched by one of the other cars and exited the interstate at triple digit speeds. And that person never has to worry about that again. And it's cars. It is very easy to drive a car at 100 miles an hour. Especially, my, especially modern cars. Yes. You know, Fiesta will go 80, 90 miles an hour with ease and feel solid. And everybody thinks, oh, I'm a great driver. I'm a great driver. They just did a sting between the eastern border of Alabama and Talladega on Interstate 20. And I think in a period of like six hours, they stopped 120 speeders greater than 85 miles an hour, 70 mile an hour interstate. And something like 23 of those were over 100 miles an hour. You can't drive that fast. I don't care who you are. It, if everything's perfect and everything's going great, it's fine. But the moment something goes wrong, you don't know what the hell to do. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Jeff Gordon. I don't care if you're Dale Earnhardt. And I, I don't, is it Jimmy Johnson? Who's, I, he's probably even retired now. I don't, you know, I kind of realized the other day when somebody talked to me about the Daytona 500 that some of these guys racing in the Daytona 500 weren't even alive when Dale Earnhardt was alive. So it's, you can't, the machines just make it so easy to make you think you're great whether it be your Tesla driving itself, whether it be you know, your Mustang GT or your Dark Horse or whatever that, you know, your 50 or 60 grand for, they're going to make you feel like the world and they're going to make you feel in control. But it's such a fine line in these vehicles. And I'm not even talking exotics, but it's just such a fine line between control and dead. And that's what the guy in the Nissan Sentra found out when the, that BMW Z4 just nicked him. Just nicked him. I mean, 
of the quarter panel, didn't do a pit maneuver, just nicked his front bumper and disturbed the car. He's into a tree and into wherever his beyond is, whether it be upstairs or downstairs or in limbo. Just, I'm sick and tired of irresponsible drivers. It's not my responsibility. There's irresponsible and not my responsibility. I mean, are two different things. At least you realize there's some responsibility. It's just not mine. It's yours. Irresponsibility, you don't even realize there's responsibility somewhere and you don't realize there's con consequences. I know this is not a great car podcast. I mean, this is experimenting with the new streaming. But for our listeners out there, I don't care who you are. I, I don't care what level of car person you are. If you think you're this great person, are you going, God, you guys are just preaching to the choir and we know we know this. Tell somebody. We ask you every week to tell somebody about No Driving Gloves, a podcast. And I'd love for you to do that this week. But I would much rather you this week take two minutes and talk to somebody. Talk to your kids. Talk to uh, your wife. Talk to your husband. Talk to your next door neighbor a little about, hey, I almost had this happen to me. And if people were just more responsible, because like Derek said, all of us experience this. I experience it more often because I drive three times more, four times more than most people. And I drive in various areas. One thing we used to say, my ex-wife and I, about living in Washington, D.C., it was very interesting. It goes back to what Derek was saying earlier. When you're in D.C., you're with people from the United States, you're with people from Mexico, you're with people from Canada, you're with people from England, you're with people from Germany, you're with people from India, you're with people from China, you're with people from Japan, you're with people from Russia, you're people of South Africa. You're from people all over the world, basically, who all learn to drive in different situations and with different laws. And nobody knows what the other person's doing. When you're driving, you know, if you... Birmingham, Alabama, you know how Birmingham, Alabama functions. But when you all of a sudden go to Chicago, you don't have a clue how those people are driving. Uh, when I went to, last time I was in LA, it was 20 years ago or so. It was kind of three, three flashes of your turn signal and you're making a lane change. And we know we don't use turn signals anymore. But basically, you, you learn that really quick that they're not going to look. They're going to signal they're a lane change three clicks, and they're doing it. You better have allowed room for it. And, but if you're not from LA or you're not being observant, you wouldn't have known that at the time, whether or not that still happens now. You know, what I found in Washington, D.C., if you're on the interstate and you're commuting 66, Interstate 66, a lot of times it was faster to be in the right lane than the left lane. Don't know why, but you knew if you were in a hurry, you wanted to be in the right lane, not the left lane. It, so everywhere you, you drive, it's a little bit different. I've only driven in New York City three or four times. I don't have a clue, but look at the cab drivers that bounce around New York City and, you know, things. You, you learn around your culture and when you change that culture. We need to standardize things. Driving's not a right. It's a privilege. We need to take it more seriously like the do in other portions of the world. I'm not saying the rest of the world, other portions of the world. And we need to learn how, how our cars function and what, what they can and can't do.
we need these driver's eds with skid control, teaching people how to come out of a skid, people, you know, driving in the wet. Do, in my case, a K car and drive for, I think it was nine hours I had to have behind the wheel. And on my last day, the guy said, oh, you've passed, but I probably should show you how to parallel park. In Peoria, Illinois, you don't parallel park that often downtown, but that's about it. Washington, D.C., I'm parallel parking a Suburban with a 22-foot trailer behind it. You know, it that guy who taught me driver's ed, you know, way back in 1987, oh, that in 2007, I would need to really know how to parallel park. It's just, but it shouldn't have been an afterthought. It should have been part of the core curriculum. Something that simple wasn't even part of the core curriculum. So I'm sorry to be a preachy episode. I'm sorry to be a bitchy episode. Like I said earlier, looks like we've had a good stream. We've had a a good number of people watching tonight. So maybe we are striking a chord. Maybe you are listening. But hey, yeah, um, I, I want to jump in, John. I was gonna say, I got to um, get off my soapbox. Go ahead, Derek. <laughs> yeah, really. Tell me about it. Uh, you said a couple of good things. You, you, you said, uh, you know, to talk to your, your neighbors about it, uh, you know, because that is the grassroots. This is going to change, right? That's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, People talking to other people about how bad drivers are. And and I want to say something, and I don't care if I offend you. If you if you don't experience this, if if you're if you're listening to us or if you hear this at some point down the road when it's not a live stream and, and you're just listening to the audio and you say, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't experience this. You're the guy. You're the person that is causing this issue. So take a step back and reflect on your own driving, because if you're not experiencing it, you're the one that's doing it and uh, you need to check yourself. Uh, so, you know, I think it is a to do this is grassroots. And although John, you said this isn't really a great car podcast for no driving gloves tonight, I'm going to say you're wrong. I think it is because as you and I have talked about, the reason we're going back to the live stream is because when we had the live stream in the beginning, it was about building the community of listeners and and car people out there that wanted to come on and hear us talk and share comments on the show live. And we're going to try to even bring them into the fold more this go around and that's exactly what we're doing. We're building a community, and this is a community topic that needs to be talked about. So I'm going to say you're wrong. I think this is a good topic for this show and for the community we're trying to build with no driving gloves. Oh, I think it's a good topic for the show. I'm sorry about that. I'm just saying I get I get a little bit preachy, and when I do get on a soapbox, I do get on a soapbox. Isn't but, that why we have a podcast? No, well, that was the reason behind <laughs> starting a podcast. and. I do have this idea behind another one. I just don't have FU money if I need FU money. If somebody wants to send me a $750 billion or $750 million to a billion dollars, then I'll launch that podcast and then you'll hear me. I hope I got your question answered there, Jason, because obviously we did strike a chord with somebody because he's wanting to know everywhere that he can share this, what platforms we are broadcasting on. And No Driving Gloves will broadcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube right now. And we'll eventually look at maybe going to some of the other platforms, Twitch, Rumble, uh, TikTok, et cetera. 
Well, and, but, and here's right. the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut John off again. Number one, we're going back to live streaming. That's why we're doing these test runs next Thursday, February 29th, the first real live show that's not a test. Hopefully, we won't have the awkwardness at the beginning next week. But, hey, we're getting back to it. But I've been watching the Facebook feed over here on my phone. John's got all of them up in front of him. All of these platforms have a comment section. Guys, get in the show. Comment. This is going back to the old school, no driving gloves. And we want to hear from you. We want to talk about the questions you have and bake it, bake it. No, make it, make it about the community again. And as John said, Jason's already talking about sharing the show. If you listened last week or watched last week's help us grow, share the show. I want to thank everybody. And that's why we're doing this again, streaming. We really miss the back and forth, the the commenting. We're actually, you know, 50 minutes into the show. We're finally getting some comments into the chat room and we're, you know, we're going to be stepping away this second test feed. We will do a live stream Sunday morning at roughly 7.30, give or take. Uh, Derek and I sometimes are a little bit slow moving on Sunday mornings. But if you want to join us... Depends on when the coffee kicks in. We'll we'll be back with that show. And officially, the first live stream of No Driving Gloves in this new format, new thing. Hopefully, we'll have some decent graphics and some things going on. We're working to really improve this. but we. We really, I really realized, and I think Derek realized a lot sooner than I did, we missed the back and forth, the people stepping into the um, chat room, uh, getting getting your feelings. Looks like some of our longtime fans and our old viewers are rejoining us. Uh, we all will we'll still release this on audio and we're still setting that day. Uh, I've got to put a couple things together in my head and look at my schedule, but we're going to try to get the audio out really quick. And it's going to be lightly edited just so that even the listeners can get the feel, hopefully, of what's going on in the video feed. But we're going to try not to say, hey, look at this picture of this and show it. We, we want to respect you as the audio listener, too. So... With that, are you have anything else, Derek, or are you just uh, signing off with your tagline? I already said my tagline for the new new live stream. Yeah, help us grow, share the show. Okay, as always, it's time to get up your ass and go burn some gas. Thank you, Jason, Bob, and Zach for commenting. And wait, Jason's asking one question. No, Jason's Jason's already promoting oh, our swag. Oh, I get it. And now I finally finally realized what Jason's question was. I'll text you or message you after that. And uh actually, Jason, the 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 coffee cups are only available through me. We're pr- we're printing these in-house right now. Uh sometimes the little steering wheel. Well, it doesn't show up because of the stupid here, background. Here, here. Sometimes the little yeah, steering wheel at the bottom, background. but yeah, the, my podcast comes out as a white dot, but we'll uh, we'll set it up. And uh, there's Dana also. So we had a good crowd tonight, especially for an uh, unannounced stream. And we'll talk to everybody Sunday, Sunday morning. morning or next Thursday night. Now, get off your ass. Go burn some gas because John is out. <laughs>